There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 114 of the Digital Freemason Podcast. For the week of, oh, I guess it would be January 25th, 2010. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on our excellent adventures to the world of sure Masonic educational papers. As always, this and all other episodes are available at the website www.thedigitalfreemason.com and I encourage you to swing by and check them out. So it's been, whoa, good lord, a couple months since my last episode. It's uh, blather on all about all sorts of reasons, some of it uh, being incredibly busy and some of it, you know what, honestly, being lazy. So anyway, the Christmas holidays are done. We're almost done the first month of the new decade and we'll get rolling on this one. This piece talks a little bit about what we need to do to innovate. I know that the one of the ancient landmarks says uh, no innovation, but so this pushes what does innovation mean and comes up with some ideas that we as individuals along with uh, the collective group of our lodge and jurisdiction can do. It's a piece that was written and presented by Ray Worshipful brother Clay Munz when he was a senior Grand Warden in the Grand Lodge of Manitoba in 2002, and he entitles this piece, Change. Has any of you had the opportunity to take in the movie Patch Adams? The story relates to nonconformist attitudes and unorthodox practices of an individual who was becoming a doctor. He did not subscribe to the methods that were being taught on how to treat patients. He was competent and scholarly and, at the same time, somewhat quite radical. He bent the rules in the treating of the infirm, the ill, and the dying. He was admonished on numerous occasions by the dean of his class, who blurted out words which we as Masons are probably all too familiar. Our way of doing things is a product of centuries of experience. The overall dean in charge of the college and hospital recognized that Adams was a promising student and cautioned him to stay clear of the other dean as much as possible if he expected to graduate. Adams was called before a sanctioning committee made up of half a dozen well-experienced doctors which read the charges against him for breaking the rules and the time-honored traditions of the medical school and the profession. His defense was that his desire was to improve the quality of life of the afflicted, and his controversial question as to what the word treatment meant fostered a lengthy interchange of ideas. After an in-camera consideration of his case, the committee emerged with their decision. Adams was commended for his attempt to improve the quality of life for the patients and his innovative approach which the committee hoped would spread like wildfire throughout the profession, and that others, like the dean of his class, should also practice a little excessive happiness. And, in addition, because of his scholastic achievement, they saw no reason why Hunter, or Patch Adams, could not graduate as a doctor. This is a true story. Dr. Hunter Patch Adams, after treating thousands in his own practice, many of them without charge, is now in the process of constructing his own clinic in Virginia and has a waiting list of over 1,000 doctors who wish to join him in his methods. The familiarity of the foregoing scenario leads me to wonder why the craft is generally so opposed to change. Change means progress. Stagnation is the beginning of decay and death. The reality here is that we must progress by change or suffer the consequences of the present course we're on. There's really no bibliography for this note. 
But the reference I've based it on comes from a novelty idea given to me several months ago. It's something like a Rubik's Cube. On it are several phrases that, if we apply them to our craft, would ultimately change our course. If each of us was to think sincerely how each of these phrases could be applied to oneself and our aspirations for the future of masonry, we could be party to a regeneration process and have the enthusiasm of our convictions and actions spread like wildfire throughout the craft in our jurisdictions. We all have our own ideas, but consider your own opinion for the following topics. Think change. Reach and achieve. Focus today. Make it happen. Ignite your inner fire. Pull together. Expand your horizons. Seize the day. Follow your dreams. Do it now. Whatever it takes. And make a difference. All of these, I'm going to spend a brief moment going into. Think change. As previously mentioned, progress is a result of change. Without change, there is no progress. Consider the world around you and the view of the changes that have occurred in everyday lives. There is nothing in this room, this town, at your table, in your heart or in your mind that hasn't come about without change. So why are we in the craft so unreceptive to change? There are changes going on, but generally speaking, are they not more regressive than progressive most of the time? Have we ever become excited with a regressive situation in our jobs, in our lives, in our lodges? However, the opposite is true of progressive changes. It goes without saying that we are excited or enthusiastic about positive changes in our lives or jobs, but we are excited or enthusiastic about what's going on in our lodges? With a few exceptions, I doubt it. I have personally experienced positive change in a couple lodges that was a result of some brethren within the lodge committing themselves to a plan of action that eventually brought their lodges back to life. They made changes but still retain the time-honored traditions and landmarks. Focus on today. Really, today is what matters. Being entrenched in the past accomplishes nothing. Tomorrow, today is yesterday, and we can't do a thing about it. Today will not come again. Whatever happened yesterday may have a bearing on what you are doing or accomplishing today. Today, you plan to do something, and tomorrow you can look back and determine if your plan was a good one based on your accomplishments. Maybe that plan should be modified or altered because the results were not up to your expectations. On the next day, tomorrow, you repeat the process. This may be an oversimplification, but the general idea should be apparent. Ignite your inner fire. We all have heard of the individual who has worked at his job for 30 years, but the fire is out. The same applies to the members of the craft. How many of our members' fires have gone out? The interest, enthusiasm of their early days in the lodge have deteriorated to the point where they're not interested in attending. They don't participate in any of the lodge activities, and by their complacent attitude, they don't instill any desire for others to inquire about Freemasonry. If you have a spark, and I do believe that you probably do, fan it a little. If you can produce a flame, the fire will follow and hopefully you can spread it around and turn it into a blaze in your own lodge and jurisdiction. The requirement to do this, of course, is a sufficient supply of combustible material. Masonry has plenty of such material. The renewal and trestle board program, the mentor programs, the education and training programs of each of our jurisdictions, Masonic libraries are others just to name a few. There is enough material to set this world on fire.
whatever it takes. This may be difficult, but persistence is the key here. In the selling business, one does not give up on the first no, or the tenth, or the twentieth. You push on because you're getting closer to a yes. If at first you don't succeed, pivot. Try a different approach. Change your plan. You might not always have any assistance at first, but once you garner the interest of one or two, the task becomes easier and the pyramid growth effectively becomes visible. And others will join in and want to be part of your plan, your project, or your enthusiasm. Do whatever it takes to get that snowball rolling, and the rest will be history. Tomorrow. Of course, the underlying fundamentals are including the snowball. Expand your horizons. How much narrow-mindedness does it take to alienate those of you who are, that you're trying to attract? Using the fact that most fraternal organizations are in a period of declining membership, do we concentrate only on increasing the membership? This theory is running rampant in many jurisdictions. If you are the successful in attracting new members, what do you do to keep them in once they join? All too often they fall by the wayside and rarely seen again. Perhaps the problem is at home in the lodge itself. Embark on a mission to cure the ills within the existing membership and provide reasons for them to become involved in the rejuvenation process. Once the thought mechanism has, takes hold, set, there must be some plausible ideas, others improbable, that will emerge, and your horizons will expand beyond the singular solution to a problem. Follow your dreams. How many of you are daydreaming about the ways that you might apply some of the thoughts expressed so far? Dreaming can give you ideas, ideas can lead to plans, and that can produce results when the plans are implemented. Dreams, like winning the lottery, are unrealistic. But dreams of things attainable through plans and actions are ones that should be followed. There will be obstacles to overcome, no doubt, and hurdles to jump, and may require both physical and mental exertion to achieve a desirable result. Norman Vincent Peale said that every adversity is the seed of a greater benefit. The seeds sown by dreams in a man's mind can lead past such obstacles and adversities. Reach and achieve. Nothing can be more exhilarating than the achieving or surpassing of a goal by that one has set for themselves. The task at hand to pr improve the craft of, or your lodge in particular will not happen overnight, no matter how diligent you may be at that. Time is the enemy for goal setting. There are many factors in reaching and achieving the objective. Keeping in mind that it cannot be done alone, it will require planning, execution, persistence, cooperation, energy, and above all, the right attitude. Setting goals for the craft or your lodge that are realistic over a defined period of time requires agreement with successors to carry on what you yourself may have started. Continuity here is essential, and that is where the goal is achieved. All participants share in the accomplishment. If the thought of a personal glory is in mind, then the self-serving nature of the objective will disrupt that pursuit. Make it happen. Lip service to any idea is useless. All the ideas in the world won't change anything if someone doesn't make it happen. Initiative is required to make things happen. Many ideas are brought to the table. Some are acted upon by the ideas that people put in themselves. Others, when agreed to that it's a good idea, are delegated to the proficiency of that field. In other words, you would not have to have a veterinarian tune up your car. Make things happen requires leadership, 
direction, monitoring, and assessment of the progress and results. This by itself is an awesome task, but it is part of the idea of making it happen. Pull together. No two people are alike. This is true whether it's in Freemasonry or any other field of endeavor to which you consider applying yourself. Attempting by yourself to accomplish something that may affect many is virtually impossible. Try raising the wall of a barn yourself. Pulling together in a common objective makes the task easier for everyone. With all the tools at our disposal in the craft of ours, surely a united effort can yield positive results. Considering and understanding the thoughts or ideas of others may initially be objectionable and unacceptable. However, exploring them and discussing them in most cases brings about a meeting of the minds and a resolution that the formerly opposed individuals can live with and act upon. Expanding this concept to a larger group vis-a-vis -vis your lodge members fosters a united front by which implementation can be achieved. If agreement becomes too difficult to attain, then it is time to exit graciously and enlist others who may be more receptive to the idea or who may have a rationale that appeases your initial adversity. Here again, persistence is the necessity if the idea is worth pursuing, and only with the assistance of others all pulling together can the desired results be achieved. Seize the day. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Each day is different, but you still think that you are the same individual, but you're not. Today, you are a different person than you were yesterday. Make the most of the day. Seize it. Life is way too short. You are a Freemason. You are concerned about loved ones, your friends, your neighbors, your community, your lodge, your grand lodge, but not yourself. Prioritize your day and do something about these concerns. Action is the key. If you do nothing, you will have the same concerns or problems tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that. If this continues, they won't be concerns or problems anymore, or they could be, become simply insurmountable issues. Each day is valuable and a gift. It ought to be seized and exploited. Do it now. He who hesitates is lost. Leaders make decisions. They could be right or they could be wrong, but they make a decision. Decisions are usually made after considering all possibilities and alternatives, but more than likely after obtaining counsel and opinions from other sources. But once the decision is made, it is time to take action and get the job done. No hesitation. Do it now. If the opportunity to implement the plan is there, take it. From the decision process, we have devised a plan and the timing of the implementation of that plan. Follow-up is required to see that the time to act is not overlooked. This scene can be related to the simplest of all things that go on in a lodge, filling of the chairs for a meeting. The master, the leader of the lodge, is ultimately the person to ensure that this task is done. Hopefully he has a competent brethren who, with him, will delegate this task. If not, he must act to see the chairs are properly occupied, and he must do it now. Otherwise, he is left with the confusion that results prior to the meeting, and hampers his attempts to run a good meeting. And finally, brethren, make a difference. We can all make a difference. It may require a little soul-searching, but that is what we as Masons do. We, listening to this, have made a difference because we chose to try and contribute to our jurisdictions. Whether or not we will be successful, time will tell. Masonry isn't dead, though. 
it is going through a period of renaissance. We have looked at our beautiful history, our time-honored traditions, rituals, and landmarks, and maybe dwelled on them a bit too long. This is not meant to advocate infringements or desecration, but to suggest modification, embellishment, modernization, or improvement to a more contemporary acceptance of the same. To sit idly by and watch the declining interest in the craft, particularly those who might wish to embrace it, us as members, will not promote this beloved fraternity. Our ways of doing things is a product of centuries of experience. Those centuries of experiments were not without changes. The craft has evolved to where it is today through change. We all know that, and history will record it if we, in fact, made a difference. We all know that, and history will record it if we, in fact, made a difference. So that is uh, Right Worshipful Brother Clay Muntz's piece. I know that uh, in my district, there's some lodges that are doing very good and making very big changes. Other lodges that are doing big changes and doing not so well. So application and focus and energy is required to make sure that you keep on the right path. So I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together. I always enjoy receiving emails and comments on the website, as well as even more so. I enjoy receiving comments and donations. If you want, you can swing by. There's a donation button. You can use PayPal to help defray some of the costs of the website and all of its bandwidth that uh, is incurred with this podcast. So I've been your host, Scott. I've enjoyed our time together, and I hope to be doing this a little bit more regularly now. It's... uh, don't have a lot of the excuses and just need to get past the uh, the laziness and inertia that uh, comes with it. So until next time, be sure to keep the shiny set up.